Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of our Innovation in Energy podcast series. My name is Steve Jennings and I lead PwC's Energy and Utilities practice in the UK. Today we're going to build on a podcast we hosted back in April last year on electric vehicles or commonly known as EVs. But this time we're going to move on to look at the challenges facing charging for EVs in the UK and in particular to examine the emerging business models. The market is moving fast and much has happened since our last podcast on the subject. You can go onto our website to catch up on our previous podcast. If you missed it and whilst you're there, you can find our report, Powering Ahead, published in partnership with Energy UK, which we will be discussing today. To help us explore emerging business models in EV charging, I'm delighted to be joined today by Sam Hollister, Director of Economics and Corporate Services at Energy UK, and Adrian Del Maestro, Director of Research in PwC Strategy and. So Adrian, if I, if I may start with you, um, I'm going to ask you to kick off if that's okay. Um, and could you describe or provide an overview of what is a very nascent market? So in our recent report, Powering Ahead, we basically identified four types of charging that are beginning to emerge in the market. Essentially, they're home charging, rapid charging, destination charging, which is like charging at supermarkets or leisure centers, uh, and workplace charging. And I think it's fair to say each of these charging types have pros and cons. Essentially, home charging is likely to be the dominant way of charging early on in the market but there's still about a third of the population that don't have access to off-street parking, so that, that may prove uh, challenging. Uh, workplace charging depends where you live. If you live uh, outside of the big cities, you're more likely to drive into work, so you could see demand there. If you live in big cities, you're less likely to drive into work, so again, a kind of mixed outlook. Destination charging, one of the really interesting ones that are growing, and you've seen, for example, the alliance between uh, Podpoint, Tesco's, and Volkswagen, uh, a popular way of charging, but getting the right dwell time, how long you stay parked, depending on how long you're going to be shopping, there's, there's a kind of a, an element there. And, and rapid charging, again, a very important part of the charging mix in terms of when you do those long journeys, you have this uh, safety in mind that you can charge your car, but it's quite an expensive way of charging, regulatory complexity, et cetera. And maybe the, the, the one parting thought, and we'll probably touch up upon this later, uh, all these charging methods are, are kind of market-driven. There's probably a debate about how much the market drives these change and whether government has a role to help trigger and catalyze this evolution. Mm. That's a good point, Adrian, and we touched on it in our previous podcast, that's mm. to, to remember. Sam, um, your organisation clearly is very active. You, 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 know, you have m members of Energy UK representing all of the major participants in the industry. What's Energy UK's views on this subject? Um, thank you, Steve. I think at the moment, Adrian raised some really interesting points. There's many different options that we think people are going to be using to charge their vehicle. Um, agents set quite a few out and at the moment we don't know which one's going to be the winner or which one's going to be the loser or which one customers are going to ultimately decide to choose. And I think that's quite an interesting fact at the moment as we're trying to trial and innovate and bring up new ideas. Um, agents also touched on how the infrastructure is actually going to be funded. We expect many of that to be funded by our, um, our members and actually will be delivered through a private market whether that's through home or through work. But actually, there are going to be some areas where actually a strategic rollout, which is overseen by government, potentially with some funding, is going to be needed um, to kind of overcome some of the issues such as range anxiety or to make sure that customers are actually kind of um, close enough to a charge point to make sure there's adequate national coverage. And maybe just a quick point, just to build on, on Sam's point, you know, the role of the government, certainly there's been a lot of subsidy support in the past. 
Um, it, was, it caught the market a little bit by surprise towards the end of last year when the government lifted the subsidies for hybrids and reduced some of them for battery electric vehicles. And I guess there's a couple of key points emerging from that. I think one is the market needs regulatory clarity and transparency. So I think it would be helpful if the government indicates what the milestones are for how long this subsidy support uh, continues. And it might be a timeline. It might be a percentage of the car fleet that becomes uh, electric vehicle. That might be the target. Uh, and I think the other thing with regards to that is, you know, when those subsidies get lifted in terms of supporting car purchases and having your uh, home charging point installed, um, what happens then? And maybe that's an opportunity there for, for example, the automotive retailers to offer more incentives for people to buy these cars. Because one of the issues now is there's not a lot of choice in the market and it'd be quite, it's quite pricey buying particularly the high-end uh, electric vehicles. I think there's been a lot of debate around subsidies, uh, an area where my, my sense is there's an increasing amount of debate is around the impact on the government's tax revenue, the tax take mm. for, for, for the Treasury. And, and, and that's probably got lo lost uh, recently um, uh, because we've been at fairly early stages in the development of the market. And no doubt, we, 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 you know, that will be a topic that will discuss it in, in far more detail. But in terms of the development of the market, where, where do you think we are? How would you describe where we are in the stage of the development of the EV market? So early stages, and, and Steve and Sam, we've talked a lot about this. It's, it's a very young, immature market, but evolving rapidly. Um, I mean, in terms of stats, there's something like 200,000 uh, electric vehicles, plug-in hybrids in the market, about 19,000 uh, public accessible rapid and fast chargers. The vehicle fleet's growing, doubling pretty much year on year. Charges growing at about 45% KGAR, so at a slower rate, but still pretty fast. You see a lot of charge point operators, so those companies that are installing the charge points, there's about 60 of them, at least 60 in the market. Uh, some of them big integrated players, some of them very small specialist players, so a really fragmented market in that sense. Utility players beginning to pile in now, which I think is really interesting. Uh, they've been playing a, a little bit of a, a wait and see approach for the, the last couple of years, but literally in the last few months, uh, all the big six have announced uh, measures in terms of providing packages to uh, EV drivers, etc. EDF Energy has come out publicly saying that they want to own 30% of the EV charging market across Europe, particularly in a few target markets such as the UK. Uh, some consolidation in the market, BP buying Charge Master. So enormous uh, amounts of change, this market beginning to, uh, to, uh, to gain momentum there. And maybe one parting thought as well. Um, one of the triggers, I think, for EV adoption will be the growth of the, uh, the B2B, the car fleet. Because I think that when, when that market takes off, you begin to get scale across the UK. And I think it's also one of the generators of a second-hand car market, which will tie into that point about having greater choice for EV drivers to purchase more affordable cars. So lots of a change. Lot, lots happening, a very fluid situation. Yeah. Uh, people exiting, people buying, consolidation yes. potentially taking place, yeah. new players coming into the market. Exactly. Um, given given the, the, the uncertainty therefore in predicting who will be successful, um, what do you see as the sort of characteristics of a winning business model? How are people going to win in this market? So as we highlighted in our report powering ahead, I think there are a few elements there. So I think one is uh, revenue diversification. So your ability to generate alternative revenue streams as a charge point operator. So it's not just about selling the charge point or getting a tariff from that charge point. 
what other revenue streams are you thinking about, such as advertising or data analytics on energy efficiency consumption, for example? Scale is always a key thing. As I mentioned earlier, there's lots of players in the market. Uh, some of them very kind of, uh, from a geographic perspective, quite parochial. So the view from the interviews that we had is that the market will consolidate and you'll have a handful of maybe about four or five big players with, with national coverage. And I think the last element is there's still this topic around experience anxiety and there's different dimensions to it. Uh, one of the uh, CEOs that we interviewed summarized it nicely. When he talked about experience anxiety, he was talking about, do you feel comfortable charging your car in a deserted car park late at night? It's raining. There's no shelter there. You've got a nice new suit on. You're touching a dirty cable. It's not a great customer experience. And there is also an angle there around range anxiety. I think that's I think as cars get, as car batteries uh, improve the technology, the range gets better. Range anxiety as a practical issue is being diluted. However, I do think, and we have a hypothesis about this, that there are many EV drivers out there who still worry about charging their car for that uh, infrequent long journey. Uh, and therefore, it does raise the issue about whether you need a strategic network of fast chargers, a little bit like the national grid um, proposition, to allay those potential concerns from EV drivers. No, good, good, good challenges. Um, and I know, Sam, Energy UK has been very active in, in, in this area. Um, you've had a, an initiative with your members around low carbon mobility generally. What, what, do you, what, 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 what does your organization think? What's your view on what more needs to be done um, to address some of the uncertainties that Adrian identified to help accelerate the market? And, and what role do you think government could should potentially play in facilitating that? I think one thing that we've got to remember is that one of the reasons why government is actually pushing forward electrification of transport is actually the broader scale kind of decarbonisation targets and the, the benefits to the environment and also the air quality problems that we that we have particularly in London and, and the rest of the country that actually kind of um, you know, can be can be solved through electric um, electric transport. So actually, there's kind of a great um, deal of interest from both the public and the private sector. And I think one of the things that governments set out and done really well to kind of establish this market is by setting out its ambitions and its clear sort of trajectory by banning the sale of internal combustion engines by 2040. Energy UK has already written to government and said that actually that should be brought forward to at least 2035 because actually that means that you've, you've got a bit more time to kind of deliver your, your ultimate 2050 um, decarbonisation targets. But actually, there's lots of evidence that says that that can be done a lot earlier than that, and whether that's 2030 or 2032. Um, and I think by government setting out that ambition and that framework, actually, it means members of ours and you know, other kind of players in the market have got a clear trajectory and know what they're trying to achieve and by when and can actually stimulate a market. Um, I think following on from what Adrian was saying about kind of the, the various ranges and who's going to win and who's going to lose, I think it is what solution can be brought forward to overcome those customer concerns and who can best deliver the customer proposition and whether that's uh, home charging or rapid charging i think we agree with um with adrian's comments there around the kind of the need for strategic locations kind of overcoming that range anxiety um whether that's kind of a, a chicken or egg situation of kind of you know, we've got less than two hundred thousand vehicles on the road at the moment but we're expecting that to grow and potentially quite rapidly through the 2020s as um as cost comparisons um 
sort of come come to close to parity, I think, between electric, electric vehicles and internal combustion vehicles. And, and Sam, clearly Energy UK has and will continue to play, I think, a critical role in establishing common ground amongst these mu multiple participants and investment investors in this market. What do you see moving forward as this, the, the overarching and critical themes to, 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 to gain agreement on across this, uh, this mix of participants? So you're right, there is lots of work going on and uh, we're working very closely with government through their EV energy task force. Um, and one of the areas that we're looking at in particular is kind of the, the customer experience and in particular kind of interoperability. So whether that's kind of you know, pulling up to a charge point and knowing that you can use it or knowing that it is in use. Um, making sure that actually you can still maintain, um, continue to maybe switch energy provider or you locked into kind of a long-term contract, things like that, that customers are going to kind of want some some safety nets around and to ensure that there is kind of um, a simple solution. Um, and I think one of the things that agents touched on before is the kind of the, the support schemes that are in place and actually knowing that upfront, I think government's doing the right thing to, to drive this market forward through financial support. But we know in the energy sector that actually that's not going to be a, a long-term viable solution. So we need to find a way to ensure that actually customers and private markets are investing and that as costs kind of come down, that actually we can kind of continue to, 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 um, to roll out electric transport in order to kind of maintain those benefits that we've said, whether that's through kind of you know, climate change, air, um, air pollution, and also just the benefits that electric uh, transport can have on customers. We know, for instance, there are solutions coming forward where people are pairing electric uh, vehicles with solar rooftop PV or other renewable tariffs in order to actually take advantage of many of the innovations that are happening in the energy space. Sam, and as, as I said in my introduction, and what's become evident in this discussion, a huge amount has happened since our, our podcast you know, 18 months ago. Uh, but I do sense we are at a tipping point in the development of this market. The uncertainties still exist around exactly how the market will evolve. Um, but it is clear that all stakeholders, whether they be charge point operators, government, EV manufacturers, or many of your members, utility companies, need to be represented to make sure that the market develops in the most efficient way for the UK. Um, how stakeholders meet these challenges is one of the topics that's explored in, in our report. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information and analysis on the topic, please read our report, Powering Ahead, which you can access on our website. And if you would like further details on what Energy UK or PwC are doing in this area, please do get in touch. Music